Thomas. Michael. You know, I always try to be my best for you, but I'm a little hurting today, so I'll still try and do it, because when I talk to you, I feel good, so you're a little bit of uh, medicine for me. I got the cure. What is it? You know that frying pan that yep. Claire has in her back pocket? Go upside my head. Your wife. Yep. She might want to use it right about now. <sighs> That'd clear anything out of your head. All right. Now, I want to ask you to be very honest about it. If I asked you right now to get up from your desk and get on the floor, how many push-ups could you do, honestly? Do you want me to try right now? No, just tell me. What, how many do you think you can do? Probably 25, but not easily. You do push-ups every day. Well, this so. is what's so great about this story, because, you know, when I pick out these stories you talk about, a lot are goofy, a lot are funny, a lot are informative. It's very rare that I, I get one that I say, damn, that's great for me, because they did this study. It was a 10-year study of firefighters. They followed 1,100 firefighters over a decade, and they found that if you can do 41 push-ups, you have a 96% chance of not getting heart disease. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Wow. And, you know, I told you, you know, unfortunately, my dad died when he was only 39 of a massive heart attack and he was in perfect shape. So my brother and I have always been kind of aware of that and we do the best. And I'm not a, a physical fitness freak or a bodybuilder, but for the last 15 years, at least, I've done five sets of 50 push-ups every other day. So I got to think I'm doing pretty good, aren't I? You're doing great. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> do you take a baby aspirin every day, too? I take three. What? Three? Yeah. That might was, be too much. I was thinking about you yesterday. Because Why don't you just take a regular aspirin? Because I have a sensitive stomach. But you can get regular aspirin that's stomach encoded, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're just finding that out now. <laughs> I was thinking about you yesterday because I took four showers yesterday. No. Yep. I, and my fourth one, I said... Old Thomas is going to be killing me if I bring. You know, That's crazy. That's just insane, well, man. No, here, let me Guess th how many showers I took yesterday. <laughs> None. None. Here's why. I can't remember when I took a shower last. I've got this head chest cold, and it clears you out when you get in a steamy, hot place. Plus, I had the chills, and to get in the shower, it just made me feel better. That's why I did so many yesterday. I won't do that many today. That's a shower like every three hours. Yep. It's crazy. Well, no, I took one at six. Well, um, I'm just saying, if you figure you, you have about a, I don't know, a 12 to 16 hour day and you're going to sleep the rest of the time, that works out to be a shower maybe every three, three and a half hours, right? Well, it's only a rare occasion because I have this head cold and I was just trying to clear myself out and getting in the really hot shower, steamy room, it seems to do that. And I even, as bad as I felt after reading this study yesterday, I did five sets of 50 push-ups. You know, See, as much as you and I are simpatico, we have a lot of like, we are like Felix and Oscar in so many ways. <laughs> That's why it works. So you think you can do what, 25? I think I can do 25. If you want to test me on that, I'll get down on the floor right now. All right, go ahead. Seriously? I'll count. I'll count. Oh, boy. Now you count as you do them because I can't okay, see you from you the console. Continue. You got to continue to entertain the masses. Here. Okay. Okay, you ready? All right, here's Thomas okay. Kent. One, two. Two. Rest. <laughs> no, you can't rest. 21, 22, 23, 
Okay, so 25, that puts you in the 64% chance of not getting heart disease. Uh, That's pretty good. Except for this moment right now. <laughs> so that was pretty good. 25 in the morning, early like that. Take a guess. How, how many do you think, seriously, how many push-ups do you think Trump can do? None. I think he can do probably two. Okay. Because he's somewhat of an athlete, but that's it. He, he couldn't get that. 295 or 300 pounds. That's a, that's a big weight to pull up, isn't it? He only weighs 243 pounds. Right. And I'm the show of Iran. <laughs> you a little out of breath there, buddy? A little bit. All right. Okay. But think about that from now on. If you can do 41 push-ups every day or every other day because you want to give your those muscles a rest, you'll really cut down your heart disease. Okay. And, and ask your doctor to do something in front of you, too. See how many he can do. News you can use. That's right. Tom and Mike. And this is how different men and women are. This is an article by the National Marriage Project. The top four things women desire in a relationship and the top four things men desire in a relationship. And look how different they are. What do you think number one is for a woman? To listen. Loving, devotion, in a committed relationship. That's more than one. Well, no, it's the same thing. And men, what do you think their number one thing is? Sex. Yep. yep. Number two for women, it's being thoughtful, honest behavior from a man. Number three, it's generosity of spirit. And then the number four, it's satisfying sex. For a man, number one is they want sex. They want freedom, meaning they want to be able to come and go as they want. They want forgiveness for all the times they screw up. And they want appreciation. How about that? How, how different are we as, as, as genders? So you can basically just flip the top four. Right. Yeah. We're so opposite, aren't and, we? And 14% of women admit they have, have had an extramarital affair, and 22% of men have. So that's higher than I thought it was for women, but, you know. There's more fidelity than I thought, unless these people just aren't admitting. Right. That could be part of it, too. Right. And what do you consider infidelity? Cheating. Well, obviously, Bill Clinton didn't consider any of that. Well, he also got impeached because of it. Right. Ever notice, you know, women are attracted to generous men. You ever notice how attractive women make men more generous? I haven't noticed that. You haven't? Mm -mm. Women like three words. Take my wallet. That's all they want to hear. Take my wallet from a man. What's in your wallet? Oh, right. your hands. <laughs> Tom and Mike. I know you have that beautiful backyard pool. Do you know how important the daylight is to a human body? Vitamin C, vitamin D, right? Your general outlook on life, or at least that's how it affects me. Right. The I got to tell you, when I don't get sunshine, usually for a period of time, I mean, I can go some days, I can go through some time without having sunlight, but eventually it just makes me blue. Sad. Researchers say the amount of daylight exposure is vital in maintaining normal circadian rhythms. It lowers your blood pressure. It supplies the body with much-needed vitamin D. It enhances your mood. And safe sun exposure can actually protect you from melanoma. And they say that the best kind of sun to get is morning sun. 15 minutes every morning if you can do that. Wow. And sunlight is an effective germ killer. Maybe I should go sit in the sun and get rid of this chest cold. There you go. What do you call a sunny day in Seattle? A sunny day in Seattle? Imagination. Ah. See, I couldn't live in a, a town that had that much rain and stuff. Because it really does affect not having that sun. You know what amazes me? One of the sunniest places on earth right. gets the most snow. Do you know who that is? Colorado? Yeah, Denver. Yeah. 
and they can ski when it's really not that cold outside. Well, when the sun is beating down and it's glistening on the snow, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Who cares about cold weather when there's sunshine, right? Yeah. It does make, I mean, it just makes everything better when you wake up and you've got a bright blue sky and everything. And when you get those, you know, weeks of gray, cloudy, cold, you know, the boobs are like the sun, aren't they? <laughs> no, seriously. You can stare at them only for a few seconds, but if you put on sunglasses, you can stare at them as much as you want. Have you found that? Uh, I see. I see where you're going now. There you go. You're a genius. You so, are. Tom and Mike. We all have our smartphones and we love them, right? You know, mine just died yesterday. And I feel like I lost part of an appendage or something. How long have you had it? This is going to blow your mind. I have had my LG Motorola Droid for seven years. Wow. And that's a long time. Yep. Do you know what the average lifespan of a smartphone is? Three years? 4.7 years. Well, what's the one thing that people complain about phones, even though they're so technically wonderful? What does everybody complain about? The battery. Exactly. And the future batteries are coming soon. Right now, all phone companies are hard at work developing new batteries. One's called uh, Rectenna. It's a radio <laughs> wave. No, no, I'm serious. It's a radio wave that harnesses Wi-Fi in the air and it connected to DC power. So that's one area. Another one is a solid state battery, which uses sulfide superonic conductors. But right now, all the phone companies are working on this thing, and they say it's only a few months or maybe a year before we all get them, you know? Have you, you noticed that a person's you, low battery warning is the only warning they take seriously in life? I know. It's a serious thing. Oh, no. My battery's getting low. I've got to get to some power. And if people want to keep their battery going, here are some things to do. Avoid extremes of hot and cold. Avoid fast charging. Just, you know, just charge it for a second and stop it. Avoid draining it all the way down to zero, meaning if, you know, your battery gets to like 30%, charge it then. Turn down the screen brightness and delete Facebook and other apps that waste battery. Did you know all that? You know, the car experts are saying that with the advent and the barrage of electric cars that are going to be coming in the next few years. Right. That one of the big problems is a lot of these car companies are coming up with super fast charging systems, right? It makes right. sense. But when you put a battery, any kind of battery, th through some kind of like high power quick charge, mm -hmm. you're shortening the lifespan of the battery. So how's that going to work, right? I don't know. We have smart batteries, smart phones, smart TVs. Smart when cars. When are they going to make smart people? That's the one I know. Yeah, find. that's the big question right uh, there. You know, if your phone battery lasts all day long, you know what it says? It's because no one likes you. That's what it is. <laughs> Did you? I like bought a heavy duty battery for my phone. Right. A couple of months ago, maybe this is what killed it. It would last three times longer than a regular battery. And so I would end up charging it like every third day or whatever. But it was thicker than a regular battery and it made the phone bulge. So, you know, that bulge in my pocket was a phone. Actually, right. it was. Tom and Mike. You ever been to Stockton, California? Is that outside of Sacramento? Yeah, I haven't been there either. No. But it's gone through some tough times in the last 10 years. Widespread foreclosures. The city's going bankrupt. So they're starting this experiment. It's funded privately where 100 residents in Stockton for 18-month experiment will be given $500 a month, no strings attached, to see what happens. 
That's kind of wild, isn't it? Who's giving away this money? It's a combination of the city officials and a private fund, and it's kind of an experiment testing the importance of universal basic income. Who's the money going to? They picked out 100 residents by chance, just by lotto. Okay. And they're, you know, they all aren't rich people. They're all, they all need it because there's a lot of people that need it. And they picked out a hundred people. And for 18 months, they're going to follow them around and see what they buy, see how they live with it, how it changes their life. And guess what? Greyhound bus service is said to the Stockton route is just fooled up for the next 60 days. Did you know that? <laughs> Get me out of here. Tom and Mike. As a joke, this guy said, let's settle our national debt by selling Montana to Canada for $1 trillion. And right now, 7,000 people have signed the petition to do that. I think that's a great idea. Just tell them we have beavers or something, and they'll take it in a second, won't they? And we could even throw in the Dakotas. <laughs> no, let's not give them all, but, you know, Montana. How do we balance the national debt? Just start selling off states. So how about we sell back America to the Indians? After that, it'll look like a closeout sale, won't it? It would. You know, let's look at Montana. They got militias. They got bears. They got Letterman lives there. Michael Keaton lives there. Letterman lives in Montana? Yeah. I did not know so that. So it's Michael Keaton. You know what a seven-course meal is in Montana? What? A steak and a six-pack. Seven courses. That's it, pal. So I guess you're not taking a trip to Montana anytime soon? I don't think so. It's beautiful, though. I mean, I haven't been there either, but I've seen pictures of it. And it would fit right in perfectly with Canada. But I think a trillion's a little cheap. We lose a trillion in the course of a year now, just not balancing our budget. So I don't think that's nearly enough money. And, you know, if we had maybe more of a transactional president, you know, because our current president really isn't that transactional, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe we could start selling off some of these states for real, right? Yep. Hey, that okay. old rag that you have in your hand. Yeah. Would you take it and wipe off the sarcasm off my face? Okay. Thank you. Tom and Mike.